Hey everybody, this is Rich from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Axe Catcher. All the members are here, lads. I'm truly honoured. <laughs> uh, super to be on, Richie. Uh, I think it was a, a long time in the coming. I think it was a good wee while. Evan sent us a message to get us on and yeah. maybe uh, slipped through the cracks on our side a wee bit, maybe. But uh, yeah, no, stoked to be on. So we have Ryan on guitar vocals, Colin on bass, back and vocals, and Chris on drums. Thanks for joining us again, lads. Evan, as usual, thank you, buddy. Good to see you. Yeah. Not a bother, man. Would have been talking to the lads anyway, so this is just we will record it. Like, yeah, I, do you know what? Like, I really had to see live to appreciate how fucking good you are. My God, oh my fucking God, that was just sensational down in Limerick on the worn out. That was maybe was that your second album launch as such? Like, it was uh, actually the first one that you got to do like down our side anyway. Like. Mm. Wasn't I think it? so, yeah, yeah. We uh we were uh whenever the album was coming out, we were trying to arrange some stuff, but that was just right in the in the thick of COVID stuff. So we we did delay for a wee while, but we decided we needed to get it out there. Like we all just got kinda sick of sitting on it really. Um but yeah. yeah, and there was no gigs going at the at the stage we released it. Uh I think it was very unclear when stuff was gonna start up again. So we just kinda yeah, yeah. fired it out there. But yeah, no, that would have been probably one of the first shows since we actually put it out, I think. Yeah, wow. I think it was the first one at Limerick show. Mm-hmm. So, That's the end. off anyway. He <laughs> 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 won over some amount of people that day, lads. Honestly, my God, it's it's uh, it's great to hear that. I think we uh, uh, we definitely like to think of ourselves with a band that makes more sense kind of live uh, yeah. than recordings. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's always great to hear that back from people. Get people saying, "Oh, you know, I've seen the name kicking around. Haven't really listened to you that much, but." enjoyed this out and stuff so that, that, that happens a lot like as mm-hmm. in even in when we all played in fibbers mm-hmm. there was people that come up to me being like man i heard of axe catcher from ages ago but they're so good i'm like i know that's why <laughs> i try to get them on every, as much as possible like i just dread ye following axe catcher I know, but that, that's it. Like, because I mean, we were having a discussion, right? Yeah. When I was uh, roadie of worn out driving up in the fucking happy bus with Ev and the two of us talking, <laughs> and I was saying, I've never, I can't wait to see the lads live. And Ev was going to me, we deliberately put Axe Catcher before us, so when, us kick up the arse, yeah, like... literally to kick up the arse. And after he finished playing, I remember just turning around to Alex because he was doing the merch stand, and I went, ha. follow that baby (laughs) but that's the thing like there's no point in us getting like a band like because at the end of the day like we love Axe Catcher that's the first reason that we'll get on and I think like we we want people to hear ye so much do you know what I mean Um, because like I think that was the first time we played with ye were ye was that when you were a four piece or had ye just just gone three piece. Good question. Oh, I, I don't know about that. I can't that remember. Been... Before my time, lads. So. <laughs> yeah, it would have been before Chris joined. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Chris, Chris wasn't in the band at that stage. I think you might have just gone three piece. I think that's probably the case. Yeah, yeah. And where was that, lads? Is that up north or was it down south or where was it? I think the first time we played, he was probably Fibbers, I think upstairs. Probably sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly which one it was now, but mm-hmm. I think Colin, as I... a bass player, you're a fucking joy to watch. 
thank you very much. Honestly, I play bass myself, man, and I just was mm, proper bassist. Ah, <laughs> oh, mm, oh. <laughs> well, thanks very much for saying so, man. I just love trying to wrap it up, like. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. energy. Put the boots to it like that. That's that. Put the boots to it. And for that set list that he played in Dolan's uh, that day, was that hard to come up with in relation to kind of past EPs and stuff, or did you did you go right from start to finish with the new album? Um, I think it was. Uh, there's a decent. Tra- there's maybe a couple of tracks on it we played, which weren't on the album. Just trying to get the flow going through was, the whole thing. The <laughs> but, um, some sometimes it's a little bit hard. We don't tend to really agonize too much over sets. We just we have a decent idea for. We typically have an idea for songs that work good as an opener, or stuff that works good as an ender, and then uh, I think most of the time just work in, in pairs. Really, we just do two songs, one that will it's roughly in the same key or whatever, so they can run into each other. So you can leave mm-hmm. a note hanging and jump into the next one, but we don't yeah. don't uh, agonize too much over it. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks as well. Like a lot, a lot of the album tracks <laughs> we've had kind of in some form or another for a couple of years now. So like we've we've played most of those songs before. Yeah. I think there's only a, a few that were like new live for the first time in that in that Limerick show, mm-hmm. um, and they they were some of the better tunes as well. I thought some of the ones that, that like, went really smoothly. So mm-hmm. like, it's good good to get out again and good to get the new tunes out definitely. Mm-hmm. And where are you all based? Are, are you all living near each other or? What's the closest city? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, we're, uh, I'm in Belfast at the minute. Uh, Collins Lomavati, which is about an hour and a half drive away. And Chris is Straban, which is probably an hour, hour from Lomavati. So a good couple of hours of driving between us all. Where do you so practice? where's rehearsal then? Yeah. At Chris's spot, yeah. In my house. Kind of... I just crawl out of bed. and. <laughs> 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 Fucking drummers, eh? <laughs> we did uh, for a wee while when we started playing with Chris. We were we were practicing in the the nerve center in Derry, the, the practice yeah, rooms yeah. in there. But I think uh, I'm not sure if we decided to to move to Chris's spot first, or they started not running the practice rooms again because of COVID. So that was probably before that, wasn't it? We yeah, probably yeah. just decided to to play at Chris's. I think there was a few times when the nerve was closed. Was a lot more comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a lot more comfortable first getting in the crosses and getting settled in a lot faster I think mm-hmm. and then COVID happened and then COVID happened <laughs> yeah. how, how was it finding Chris because I remember um, I'm trying to think now how like long the gap was from your last drummer mm-hmm. I can't remember his name now lovely uh, dude Danny Danny that was it yeah mm-hmm. but I'm trying to think like maybe it's because of COVID but like my concept of time is I'm the same, yeah. It's yeah. fucked. Like, you know, in, in my head it's almost like Chris was always in the band. Mm-hmm. Even though we've done plenty of gigs before Chris. Yeah. Two thousand and seventeen was yeah. my research. I think, I think yeah, Dan, Danny left in two thousand and fifteen and Chris was two thousand seventeen. So there's a a near two year gap where me and Ryan just spent just completely writing just writing the whole time hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a, it was a couple of years. Uh, drummers are definitely a bit thin on the ground. Uh, up Did north. you have like start and stop with other people before? Was there was there other people that were trying out or? Uh, I I, th- I think when Danny left, we did a little bit of trying to get someone in, and we had a couple of people get back to us, but nothing that ever 
kind of crystallize into actually being in a room with someone you know there's a, a little bit of talking and back and forth with some folks but uh, mm -hmm. uh i think everyone yeah it, it took a while, a while to actually get something properly solid i know there's a lot of a lot of people that were kind of talking to us about it they were more based down where you boys are and it just yeah. you know that's hard to work yeah. with yeah. <laughs> up here, like, so. is that, like, yeah i don't know what i not... suppose look give a brief background of the band the boy of, of of the band because there's obviously loads of people going to be watching this and not having a clue about how long you're going like i mean 2012 was it so something probably around then yeah so we probably started in 2012 maybe a little shade earlier than that it would have been right. myself colin and danny the old drummer playing um i think maybe for a few weeks or months we were calling ourselves bear down uh, as opposed to Axe Catcher, and then the, the Axe Catcher name came about because uh, we were using the Bear Down name, and I think the first the first eight out of ten people we told that name to, they were like, what? Say it again? Yep. I, think it was, I think it was a placeholder because yeah. we had one show, and we needed a name for one show, and then that was it. <laughs> we came up with Axe Catcher. Then. Yeah. Right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, off the back of that, we were playing as a, as a three-piece, me calling Danny for... Uh, I'm a little unsure about time frames. I probably should have had that checked out. But uh, we were playing for a few years, and then we got uh, Carson in to do vocals. Uh, initially, I was doing vocals just because we didn't have anyone else to do it, really. I think we always wanted to, to get a vocalist in. Um, so I ended up doing it just because as much as we wanted to get a vocalist in, we wanted to be out playing shows more. Mm. Um, so then, yeah, a couple of years went past, and then we uh, got chatting with uh, Carson, um, who joined, and... Uh, yeah, no, that was a, a big kick up the hole for the band, I think. The, the, he, he brought a, a really nice... Uh, his delivery is really, really unique. I still can't think of many other vocalists that kind of uh, sound like he did, and he would have been bringing a lot more uh, influences from other kind of styles that we wouldn't have been as, as familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we were trucking along with a couple of years with that lineup. And then uh, I think it was a combination of uh, Car Carson and Danny both had to kind of step back at the same time. Uh, I think for Carson, he was going to uni in Leeds. Um, so practice and gig schedules were, were going to be harder. Uh, and then Danny was, um, I can't remember the exact reasoning, but I think he needed to, I think he needed to pick up extra part-time work, which ended up being bar work, which just wrote off pretty much every weekend. So that was more, uh, on on not really uh not doesn't really help for practicing gigs and stuff but um no it was all very uh it was all very nice between the guys there's no there's no bad blood or anything those guys kind of take took a step back of their of their own accord um and then yeah once 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 danny had left we we like we said there there was a couple of years where we were trying to get a drummer in uh and just couldn't really get anyone and then um Chris, was it someone? Was it someone you know put you on to us, or uh... yeah, I, I saw you at the uh, Monsters of Rot in Ellis Yes, 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 yes. Um, and then I kind of followed you after that, um, and then a friend of ours, Kieran, um, who I worked with at the time, um, he said you were looking for a drummer, and I was like, well, I've got, got nothing else going on, so I give the boys <laughs> a shout, um, and that was pretty much it. I think like we had one kind of like audition or whatever and halfway through the lads were like do you want to do you want to be the drummer and that was that um, <laughs> and what's your background Chris um I've, I've been in a few bands over the years I came to Ireland about eight years ago and I didn't really dive into the scene straight away um 
just didn't, didn't have time, had had other stuff on. Um, but like I've, I've always been playing and like live music's always been, you know, like a passion and something that, you know, like it's a hobby. It's, it's what else are you going to do with your weekends, you know? And <laughs> um, yeah, like I was really lucky to find Axcatcher because it's pretty much exactly the, the type of music I want to be writing. And like the lads are just like so tight together. Um, and it, even with, with me, I think we were in the studio about four or five weeks after after I joined doing the first single. So it was a really quick kind of back end of the game. Yeah, it was quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to yeah. Just straight in, no leaving now. You're on you're on record. Like <laughs> Yeah. Was, no fucking about yeah. it. Uh, was there any kind of points like, you know, from we'll say going from twenty twelve, did you say, to nearly twenty fifteen or seventeen or whatever? Like, was there any points where you were like like, is this going to happen? Do you know, like, was it kind of left on the back burner for a while or were you still going in, like, determined being like, whatever length of time this takes, it takes, but we're still, Axe Catcher is still a thing. Like, you know, it didn't kind of fade yeah, out. Yeah, I, th- I think that was kind of the thought whenever we were starting to kind of see how awkward it was going to be to find someone to step on on drums. There was a little bit of discussion me and Colin had and we were like, is it, you know, is it worth keeping the, the axe catcher stuff or do we, do we scrap stuff and start a new band and, and things? Um, I think we were, we were reluctant to do that just because we'd, we'd put a lot into the axe catcher stuff. Uh, I think the that last EP we recorded with Carson and Danny with Aiden, the, the Common Blood EP, mm. um, I think we'd got that, and we we'd got a a good amount of shows off it, and good reception. So we're like, yeah, we've we've, we've got a bit of a, a sound going and stuff. Although after, pardon me, after uh, after Chris joining, I think we definitely did spend a bit of time, and we kind of just jettisoned the whole the whole set uh, when Chris joined. I think we just decided, yeah, you know, if we're, if it's that significant, a lineup departure, new singer and new drummer, uh, and kind of different influences from us guys. You know, we've. Me and Colin have definitely uh, moved on a decent bit from the, the kind of stuff we would have been writing, you know, five, six, seven years ago to now. Um, I think it just made sense to, uh, yeah, just scrap the set and, and start again on it. But yeah, we always did kind of want to want to keep with it. The idea was there and of scrapping stuff and starting again, but I think we were uh, a bit reluctant to do that given how much we'd, we'd all put in on it. Yeah, in my head the whole time I was just like, we put too much work into this. I don't want to let this day. It's too cool. Yeah. And I enjoy it too much. You know what I mean? Um, so we just wanted to keep, you know, keep at it, keep the faith, keep our lots. And it, it worked out in our favour, I think. I, I yeah, think it's play. just incredible that you got Chris in, literally. And it must be just really hard. As you mentioned, Ryan, and we've said it a few times, Evan, just to get a fucking drummer, first of all, and then yeah. for him to be able to gel so well with you. That's it, yeah. No, definitely. Like Chris, definitely uh, took up the, the the challenge pretty quick. There, it was. Uh, we definitely threw a lot at him, and there was definitely a lot of, uh, you know, because by the time by the time we got him, me and Colin had been writing stuff for a couple of years, so we already That's had. That's what the... I was thinking. Right? You've already done so much work and almost found a new area that you want to go down, like a new avenue, a new sound that you were kind of like had so much time to to focus in on that it's mm-hmm. you know it's not like here learn this last ep we did it's <laughs> here's a list of stuff that no one's heard or ever played before so 
mm-hmm. get on it. We're recording in two days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, there definitely, there definitely was a bit, a bit of that. Yeah, like like those guys said, it was it was four or five weeks till we did that uh, that first single, which was a. Uh, Thankful we got through it. <laughs> to be honest, we were. Was that we Chris's appearance? The grey takes the gold. Was that grey the... takes the gold? Yeah. Ah, right. Been, okay. Cool. That the first one Chris was on. So yeah, we definitely wanted to uh, write something just a bit chunkier. We didn't quite have something together for an EP at the time, uh, mm. but we wanted to write something a bit more substantial and kind of uh, a, a decent uh, point of reference for where we'd be, the kind of stuff we'd be we'd be chipping away at for the next while. Yeah, um, so... I think it does a good job of that. So you then went with uh, Niall Dorn instead of Aiden. For that uh, secondhand grief EP, like, is he a friend of the band or? Uh, no, we we well, yes, <laughs> yes, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is no, now. he's not a friend. He's a nemesis of the band. Uh, no, we uh, uh, we didn't we didn't know Niall at all. Um, okay. When we went into the studio, uh, uh, we'd always been conscious of the kind of stuff that was coming out of Start Together, um, and I think. Uh, a couple of albums. I might be wrong, but I think the the one that always sticks in my hand is uh, "So Much From Afar." Gangs, I think, was done oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was a that was a big, big album for me. That was one of the first albums I kind of heard out of out of the north in general. I was like, "Whoa, this is a real band making real music." Mm. Um, so they're always kind of on our radar. Um, I think for the other stuff, we've gone to Aiden uh, on the basis of. Uh, the man's just a magician and he knows yeah. every single point of reference for the kind of music that we're trying to make. You, you know, you just say a band name or a sound off a song and he's like, oh yeah, I know that. Um, yeah, he's an encyclopedia to be fair to him. Like, yeah, no, 100%. Um, makes shit tea though. Yeah, I think there was a, <laughs> I think, I think, so I, I, I can't remember if we maybe tried to book in, but he was booked up for like the guts of a year when we were going to do that or if we just want to start together to, we, we do want to spread stuff around a bit to, you know, just work with different people and see how other people make you sound. It's all very well and good uh, being a band with your own sound. But, you know, a lot of the recording stuff does come down to the actual people that are working with, how, how it gets recorded and what kind of ideas they have. So it's definitely nice to, to, to branch out every now and then and see what the... See, see what other people can do for you. But, uh, yeah, no, the, the it was really, really great to start together. Uh, we maybe... Uh, we maybe went down a wee bit half cocked with uh, we probably could have had uh, stuff figured out a wee bit more with tempo changes and stuff, but now it was uh, it was great to work with and uh, mm-hmm. they have all lovely stuff up there. Um, I still think the uh, particularly the the bass sound he got on that EP is is really 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 good. There's an uh, absolute rumble. Oh, well, really nice. Yeah. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Chris? Had you recorded before up to that point with other with other bands, or was this your first time going into a proper studio? Um, it mostly been like DIY stuff. Um, mm. Like I was in a DIY punk band in Liverpool, and that was the last time we did any any kind of recording. Um, but that would just be kind of a, a few microphones, no click track, just count to four and off we go. Um, <laughs> you know, like real real rough and ready kind of stuff. Um, but no, we we went to um, someone in Derry, small town America, to do mm-hmm. the Great Takes the Gold, and that's a big massive room, so the drums just sound huge in it. And then, um, like, start together is just like a drummer's dream. You know, they've just got this room with like loads of kits just piled up, and they're like, pick what you want. It's like, oh, it's like Christmas. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've seen a lot of videos and uh, even live in studio videos of Start Together. Yeah, yeah. The place, the place looks awesome. Like, I know, um, like the stuff that Two Glass Eyes did there, they might not be a massive band, but for some reason, the sound 
on those recordings is one of my favorites mm-hmm. ever. There's just there's something so punchy about them. Um, yeah, the the live studio stuff that they've done in Start Together. I was actually watching one yesterday or today when Godmother did theirs, and it's just so good. Like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, that's a good that's a, that's, a, that's a really really good bit uh, I think when they came over here when they were playing with folks over here I remember catching that uh, I assume they did that when they were, the last time they were over they probably did that to start together yeah that was when they were doing it with the Linkus as well yes 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 so with the release of the second hand grief EP how was it like gig wise free can you remember back but that was like kind of I suppose 2019 was it lads at this stage uh, it's pretty good. We um, uh, we 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 typically have pretty good luck luck for shows. We don't do a, a huge amount of kind of chasing. We're we're very lucky in that regard that we send that we d- d- definitely tend to get offered a, a a decent amount of stuff. I think with that in particular, is maybe starting to slow down around secondhand grief. Um, on the just off the back that of um. I think uh, a couple of the guys that we would have been friendly with around Dublin that would have been getting us uh, a few shows, uh, the, the Hall of Truth, uh, all those guys, um, all the that that particular era of uh, Dublin hardcore guys, uh, they they did a lot of good for us and put on a lot of shows. Uh, yeah, the, the those guys, and then uh, I I think they uh, they the Hall of Truth. Uh, stopped and then they started as uh, Flashpoint and then uh, that also stopped for a while. Yeah. While, while those were going, those guys kind of hooked us up a lot. And then similar up north, uh, we got a lot of we got a d- decent amount of shows out of the the Warzone Center uh, in Belfast. Yeah. Uh, and now that that's closed down, that's uh, an avenue that's uh, that's that's uh, that's closed. Um, I think particularly in in Belfast, especially now with the kind of promoters and venues, it's very much. Uh, there's not a huge amount going on, and there's a hell of a lot of bands kicking about. Um, so it's uh, well, like, did you get across to the UK much? Did Chris come in? Any contacts there, Chris? Were you call <laughs> upon got, to get you across? I've got we a few, we, we haven't um, we haven't ventured that that way yet. Um, definitely on the list of stuff to do. Um, definitely a few people I can hit up anyway, and I think like the lads went over years ago as well. I think you know a few people still, don't you? So, like, it's yeah, definitely yeah. on the list. It's just a, a matter of when when we yeah. get it there. Imagine now Razor Sharp, Dead Blizzard, and Axe Catcher, and worn <laughs> out. Oh man, we're playing with Razor Sharp. I saw, the, yeah, Glasgow, right? Yeah, am, yeah. am I allowed to say it legend. now? Yeah. Oh no, it's out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rich, yeah, I don't know if I you got knew the about fucking that, but... daggers off it, man. When... Yeah, <laughs> Richie <laughs> fucking nearly blew our UK tour announcement on a live stream, <laughs> and I was like. I can't even remember what question I I asked someone anyway if they were going to the UK and Richie's like, oh, you have, you have uh, Scotland. And I'm like, yeah. And then I was I'm trying like, to backpedal frantically. Yeah, <laughs> didn't do a great job. I was like, mm. yeah, I, I might go over for a holiday. Yeah, and you were like, oh no, come on, you have it all booked. And I think it was after that you realize and you're like, anyway, well, what the next song? And I'm like, fuck's yeah. sake. It was only, it was literally a matter of days before we announced it. Though, it so was, yeah. I'm sure I was all excited because in my mind, I was going over to where was it? Just outside um, Edinburgh for a, yeah, it, a it, romantic Glasgow, weekend away to yeah, or Inverness Inverness yeah, yeah with my yeah, wife yeah. who didn't know that happened that worn out were playing the same weekend but needless to say it was going to be a massive coincidence it was going to be a massive coincidence but <laughs> unfortunately I gave her the choice of Inverness or Malaga 
and guess which oh. one she chose. <laughs> <laughs> Never a good so idea. So we booked the show in Malaga. Like. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, getting across the water is definitely something that we're keen to. Um, it's uh, just need to free up a bit of time. I think it's already. I think it's already hard enough trying to organise practices and, and writing and all that That's practice fair. with everyone working and being so spread out. Um, that and just getting getting leave for for works a bit of a pain for us, but yeah. um, no, that that is going to be on the cards. I think at the minute we're uh, we were over the past couple of months just kind of focusing on getting back to being gig ready. Uh, I think now we're focusing. We want to do another video or two for the stuff off that album, uh, give it a little bit of a proper send off, and then uh, going forward and then probably start writing and looking at uh, at putting something together like that. I think. Um, how do you assemble your gear? Have you got a van um, or a car? What, what kind of way do you get around? Just cars. Um, I think we've been pretty lucky over the past while that we haven't really needed to bother with much bringing backline to, to many shows at all. But to, to, to be honest, we've been playing with the worn out fellas the last couple mm-hmm. and they're, and they're lugging everything with them. So. We do distressing for everyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're relatively light footprints as long as you don't have to bring cabs or whatever um chris chris uh gets himself down and i normally left calm and then it's just our cars there's a couple of guitars a couple of heads and a pedal bag and chris is his breakables really um so i'm pretty we're, we're pretty well off in that regard we just have the two cars between us so we can do most things yeah that's great man and how quickly did the songwriting come together for your debut lp which is two to overclaw um uh depends on the song really. I think some of them some of them definitely came together faster than others. Um there's definitely some things you write where you get a decent idea from you know, you hear an opening riff and you have a decent idea of what the what the progression of the song is. And you know, so, sometimes you'll finish a part and be like, Okay, the next bit obviously goes like this and other times it's a little bit harder. But I think for the most part there wasn't there wasn't a huge pile that we got the got particularly stuck on it was a a little bit hectic towards the towards the end when it was coming up to actually recording time because i think when we booked it we were we had Aiden up to to get in and he was chewed up for i think he had a good eight or nine months booked up and then there was a he had a cancellation came up fairly short notice so Uh, we were we were expecting to, to be recording and they got sort of half a year's time and then he was like ah could you do it in a in a like a month and a half or whatever or like we can try. <laughs> we, can try <laughs> we can try and get this stuff finished off. So, but uh, and uh, well, wasn't it just after that that uh, the first lockdown proper hit? Just after we reported, yeah. maybe like a week or two. Like yeah, we just reported ask, that, sorry. and then negative. It was Jan- January twenty twenty. I think it was the first week in January that wow. we were down that, and it was just starting to hit the news that there was like some virus in China, and then. I think we were about two weeks into the lockdown when we got the first Masters back from Aiden. And it was Jesus like, oh, what are we going to do with it now? Like, if we didn't record that album then, we wouldn't have got to record that for I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. Like, so <laughs> Yeah, because I remember when we were recording in... When did we do it? It was either October or November. I can't remember. It was just a little before us, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was just a little. Yeah. And I remember Aiden was saying... Um, that ye would be in like in January or whatever um, and I was just already just because I don't think he, like he hadn't actually like really announced anything or put anything up specifically so when I knew there was new Axe Catcher I was like oh fuck 
yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we were, we were we were hoping to kind of stay low a wee bit and then have the album out and be able to to do some shows around us but that just didn't uh didn't quite pan out unfortunately so but i think we were i think we were sitting on the recorded stuff for the best part of a year at least uh before we yeah. got stuff out we were just holding on holding on pushing things back but and when did uh, you do the the video we'll say because that would have been uh we planned it originally for the end of summer in 2020 and then i think someone got covid so we pushed it out a few weeks and then there was like local lockdowns and stuff because the case numbers here were like through the roof so it ended up being january 2021 when we got the video done and that was another thing we didn't want to release the album until we had like a video to promote it and of course that just kept getting delayed and delayed just like every time we booked something it'd get cancelled two weeks later so um like as soon as we had the the video ready it was like right when should we release and we kind of just put together a plan over like the next kind of two months to be like right this will be the release date we drop the video here we'll drop some merch here you know um like we all agreed upon the date for the album release and why i'm asking because like i went through all the drama with evan and like we'd, we'd meet evan regularly and just go evan what's the story please are you going to release it no i'm fucking not i have the video done i've everything done we're holding on we're holding on i also like i mean you were tormented to everybody too like because everyone was asking yeah from it, like, you were yeah, like 100 percent. like i i completely understand I, what i was going to ask is it like was there much talk of pushing it back more kind of seeing what happened or were you kind of at a stage like what the scratch did will say and they were just like fuck it here you go because there was benefits there's you know benefits and negatives from releasing during lockdown is in benefits would be there's nothing else that people were doing you know yeah. there was no live gigs but that's all you know, on a Friday when it comes out, the only thing you can really do is sit at home and <laughs> listen to music anyway, compared to if there was 500 things on that can kind of distract you. Like, did you, what, what kind of positives and what negatives did you, did you find from the time that you released it? Um, I think we were kind of thinking around the same. We, um, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's too out there to say, but I don't think we do a fantastic job of the kind of online promotion stuff. I think we're definitely a bit, uh, I don't think any of us enjoy the, the, the social media routine really. Um, so we were definitely, uh, I, I at least always like to think that we was a, a much better uh, showing and in, in person just than the uh, promotion sense, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. we definitely were holding on to, to do some shows to promote the thing from from that perspective but as it as it dragged on we were starting to weigh up the the thoughts of putting it out during lockdown and would it be that bad to not be able to gigs alongside it pretty much exactly for the part of me for the reason you said yourself there wasn't a huge amount of uh, music coming out um wasn't a huge amount of music coming out from other people and uh yeah everyone's already in the house and listening to stuff but then at the same time it's hard to know how that weighs up when you start doing the digital kind of release strategy stuff, you're up against fucking Metallica. Like <laughs> you can't, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, anyway, everyone's on Spotify and stuff and every band on the planet is on Spotify and you're, you're suddenly fighting for attention against the, you know, all, all the, the big, big names and even not just, not just Spotify stuff, any kind of uh, listening to stuff online. I think that's definitely something that can uh, 
that can come up against it, especially if people aren't um for the people that would be following local bands and stuff, they'll be more inclined to check out a local band and check out something new. But you know, the average metalhead just wants to listen to something that they think's good. And if uh if you're there against you know fucking like you're all the, all any big band on the planet, there's a it's definitely a lot harder sell, or at least it feels that way. How about um, you, Colin? Colin, what what would be your opinion on on that? I well like I, I personally felt like we were kind of waiting on things for, you know, we were really, it was every two weeks, every two weeks, we'll hold off another two weeks, we'll hold off another two weeks, another two weeks. Okay, right, finally, fuck it. Right, we need to do something here because we're losing our fucking minds. And we, we were obviously seeing, like, other people, like, as I said, I, like, people were figuring out over time during lockdown, stuff's happening, we can we can make this work, we can make this work. Um. And then I, I think eventually it was get it the fuck out there, just 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 get it out there. See what people think. Uh, it was definitely a wee bit out of our comfort zone kind of thing, yeah. but because uh, we were really waiting for these shows coming around the corner, just get back out there and like put the just put the power on it kind of thing. But um, no, I, I think I think it all worked out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Feel the same, Chris? Yeah, pretty much. Like the the like holding out for shows and stuff was just like taken out of all of us, I think. And then around this time last year, it was obvious that we weren't going to do any shows in 2021. Um, So it was a matter of, do we release it now or do we wait until January next year to put it out? And like, I was already like, I, I hate sitting on stuff. As soon as I've got the masters, I'm like, I want it out there. I want people listening to it. So like, um definitely like i think we just we just played it by ear and then when it reached a point where it was like right we're not actually gaining anything from just sitting on it anymore let's put it out there and we'll wor- worry about shows and stuff when they happen like mm. so yeah like i'm happy that it came out when it did and i think think we got a decent kind of push anyway for the, those the first kind of month after it released like it seemed to have quite a lot of like natural Listens and there were pe- places picking it up that we hadn't sent it to, like um, well, which was funny to observe. For, for yeah. I, 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 just for for that happening for the like almost like the first time for us, just to sit back and see coming in. That was I was no, that, that was good to kind of observe happening. Yeah, I was going to actually ask what like because when you release new music because of the internet, it's amazing how far it can travel. But uh, like, what I was wondering is like, is there anyone that you weren't expecting? that either posted about it or you heard had listened to it or, you know, was, was anyone like of any notoriety to ye yeah. that you found was, had heard was listening to any of your stuff? Because I think I love asking bands that because you'd be surprised who finds small bands from Ireland often, you know? Yeah, mm. I think the, the No Clean Singing review was a surprise to all of us, like, because I think we all follow that page anyway and we all like, like hold their opinion highly and like they did a great review on us and it was like how, how the fuck did they even hear of us <laughs> like, you know so like that, that was definitely one for me that stood, stood out yeah, okay. no, yeah I, can't, I can't remember too much of the too, too much of the press at this at this stage it was a couple of years ago now but yeah that's, that's probably one that rings that rings out for me the, the no clean singing blog that was a yeah that was a, a win on our a feather in the cap definitely okay so we'll give a blast to swarm and, um, that's track four, is it? I think it is. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
I'd imagine bands always go into producers and go and engineers go and listen, we want to get this song to sound exactly like we sound live. Mm-hmm. Fucking there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, Ian, Ian, is a, Ian is a magician for that kind of stuff. Yeah. We uh he definitely is uh, able to get the the kind of the raw the raw sound very good. He's he's good at the getting the, the, the room sounds out even though you're not necessarily playing live when you're tracking stuff. He's got a, a real good ear for that kind of thing. And that cowbell is always my yeah, it's great. I love it. Is that actually up there in his studio, Evan, that cowbell, or is it? Or? No, yeah. no, that's that's Chris's. That's well, I, thought, I thought like, he yeah. actually had a cowbell. That... No, no. I Wouldn't that be class? That's far too silly for his caliber. The lyrics there for that one, we owe nothing to the past, no debt, no pound of flesh, still here can't bury us still here is that about ye as uh, a band uh a little bit it's i i kind of maybe i i find when i'm writing lyrics i maybe can err a little bit too much on the side of getting very specific and using a lot of kind of metaphor and simile stuff <laughs> so uh a lot of the stuff on the new album i definitely tried to on the album i tried to um to kind of dial that back a bit i think maybe the inspiration for that one initially was um just like legacy troubles stuff like there were some headlines going around up here by something related to troubles things mm. um so that was uh that, that was the initial inspiration of it and then i kind of vagaried it out a little bit more so it's a bit more broad so people can kind of read whatever they want them to but i think that was the if i if i remember correctly i think that was the initial inspiration for that one yeah the song as well the drowning empty chest empty glass which is on the back of my mm-hmm. t-shirt as well i'm not in hell yet but i'm treading the path mm-hmm. brilliant <laughs> no that's uh that's that's just uh yeah again that was another i think the initial and insp- we we when we were just listening back to that i think the first riff is just you know it's, it's just a it's a party riff so yeah it definitely um, is yeah so i think the, the song's a bit of a riff on the the kind of uh, the kind of drinking culture that we have here, you know, I don't think anyone's, everyone's got a mate who just goes to the bottle or whatever once stuff goes back or or does it themselves. It's very easy to, to do that. So, and I think it's a shared experience kind of across the country a lot. I don't think there's many people who either can't can't sympathise with that or know someone who can sympathise with that. So, mm-hmm. I think again, that was that was the broad inspiration, and then we kind of. I tend to just kind of have an idea at the top and run from there. Um, sometimes I try, I try and keep things so that it's all more or less related. Uh, sometimes I don't do a great job of that, but I think for, for those ones, they're, they're pretty, pretty concise and keep the, keep the idea going. Um, I think a lot of time I like looking at the, the words I'm writing and stuff that's just like nice turns of phrase rather than trying to get us communicate a particular message. And then, massage the stuff around it to make that to make the cool the cool sentences and cool in context <laughs> or makes it make sense in context rather but yeah i want to play one more song as well um engines to dust it's actually one of my favorite songs so i'm being selfish
אז זה היה במוד סה... איזהההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
oh, I can't do that. It's like, well, do it, and then you can. A hundred percent, yeah. I think I think we're pretty happy to be on mixed bills because I think we uh, I think we float around a lot of kind of subgenres. Really, there, there's wee bits in our stuff. There's wee bits of hardcore. There's wee bits of just straight up old heavy metal stuff and kind yeah, of a yeah. lot of stuff in between. So I think we're pretty comfortable on kind of on mixed bill stuff. And yeah, like, like the guys mm-hmm. said, we, we really just enjoy playing it. Um, it's always nice to get in front of new people who, it's exciting to, to get in front of people who don't know what they're doing and they're kind of just looking at you with the arms folded and by the end of the set, people are, are moving a wee bit. That's always a, a nice feeling. <laughs> <laughs> in our head, it's like we, we, we aren't set out to write, oh, this needs to be a metallic hardcore song mm-hmm. or whatever. We, if it's a good riff, it's a good riff and we'll fit it in. And if, if it works, it works. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that, that's, that's just for a mixed bill show or whatever, that that's bringing the ears to it. The ears to it, everything. Because, I mean, like, ultimately with a mixed metal show, it sparks dialogue amongst fans to talk about the band that they've seen. Oh, I normally would never go to one of those shows, yet I saw Axe Catcher in Dolan's and fucking hell, they were amazing. And and that's old school, the way you would talk about talk about it to your mates and stuff. You'd be texting them and stuff, and suddenly they're listening to you and going, "Wow, Jesus, never, never even knew of them." And yeah, it's like tape swapping. Like. Yeah, it is very much so, and yeah, uh, yeah. and it's so easy. Then it's on your fingertips, on your phone, just fucking going to Bandcamp or Spotify, and you have you have the likes of E there, and yeah, you know, because with metal in general as well, it's like it is seen as like the outcast kind of music uh and then when you're getting inside it there's fucking outcasts of outcasts and it's like you know everyone seems to have the same story of uh being bullied at school for having long hair and listening to a certain type of music but you know how we'll have no issue fucking shitting on someone else if they <laughs> do something different it's like whatever man yeah yeah there is there definitely is an element to metal in general where there is something to be said for it being, you know, the outcast genre and and the music for weird people. But I think a lot of people can can get sucked into that idea of it really, really, really hard. And then you know, it's the you know the kind of people who will suddenly turn their nose up and, and some some band they like starts getting popular and stuff like that. There there definitely yeah. is a wee people, yeah. people are very precious of metal yeah. because I feel like it's, it's almost like it was the only thing some people had for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a lot, not to like a generalized thing, but I guess, you know, there's a lot of times that people even growing up that if you're listening to it, it's considered different that you might have been in some way bullied or kind of sneered at or whatever for it. So whereas I'm kind of like, I want as much people to get into it, especially if they're going to start bands and get involved in a scene or whatever, that fucking come on in, man. The water's fine. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, lads, I'm going to wind it down. Chris, Colin and Ryan, absolute pleasure to talk to you and crucially a pleasure to actually see you play live, uh, man. It was uh, something I'm looking forward to experiencing again and hopefully 100%. soon. <laughs> uh, cheers, man. Thank you. <laughs> Can't wait to get back down, man. Yeah, we'll definitely get something arranged. No, thanks a lot, Dave, for having us on, guys. That was a, 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 a a real nice chat and we were, we were looking forward to that for, for a good few months there so yeah. <laughs> happy, happy to get, get that out of the way get it done 
Okay, brilliant. Check mm. out Axe Catcher uh, on social media. They have a fantastic range of merchandising. Myself and Colin are wearing it. What else, lads? There's nothing new coming up. It's just mainly gigs now for the next few months, three, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, have something, something video-wise, maybe. Uh, oh in, yeah. Over the next couple of months' time, but uh, that's still, that's still, we're still planning that. But yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, hopefully something pretty soon. Keep myself and Evan in the loop anyway for that. We'll gladly 100%. promote it. I'll force my way into the loop on that. Like I will find <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, so that's it. You've been listening to uh, Chris, Colin, and Ryan of Axcatcher. Thanks again, Ed, for joining it and setting the whole thing up oh, and support your local metal scene.